now listening to Thunder Radio, the podcast of the Manitoba First Nations Education Resource Centre. Okay, welcome to Thunder Radio, the podcast for the Manitoba First Nations Education Resource Centre. I am your guest host for this episode in place of your regular Kim Kakigemic. Um, I am uh, the publishing and communications administrator over here. My name is David Robertson, and uh, we have a special guest here for this episode, uh, Victor Harper, who has been an advocate for um, the ancestral education system for decades. Um, before I was born, not to date uh, Victor or to date myself, um, but his work has been uh, really important, and oftentimes it's been ahead of his time because these, these are things he was talking about uh, in the 70s and 80s and a lot of the really important um, changes that he uh, kind of has envisioned in the education system in our communities um, are things that are just taking place or have still yet to be taking place so um, his visit uh, is uh, an important one and it's timely too as uh, the Manitoba First Nations Education Resource Center um, is planning on putting on our annual Circle of Knowledge and Practices conference. This uh, year, the theme of the conference is honoring our past, reclaiming our future, reconciliation in First Nations education. Um, and so, you know, the, the theme of the conference is uh, very strongly tied to what... Um, Victor and I uh, will be talking about. One of the things uh, I just want to pull from the uh, theme statement for the conference is that um, the Manitoba First Nations Education Resource Center uh, will address reconciliation in terms of First Nations education. So workshops and roundtables will explore how we establish a successful First Nations education system and using the system as a harmonizing force in communities. And I think that harmonization includes looking at ways um, to incorporate ancestral um, ways of teaching and learning into the existing kind of more westernized education system. And so that's what uh, you'll be hearing from today. And uh, sit back and enjoy, and, uh, and hopefully you'll, you'll learn something that you can bring forward. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Victor Harper, Tribal Education Advisor for the Island Lake Tribal Council. Thanks for uh, joining me today, Victor. Um, I guess my first question is, you've been at this a long time now. What got you started in in education? In, uh, in 1967, I was just finishing my uh, grade 10 and my father told me, it's my turn to teach you. So he took me out to a trap line called uh, Willow Lake. And there, for two days, I held him in my arms and he told me, I'm dying, dying now. He told me to finish square 12 for sure. Those were his last words, just finish square 12. Learn about the ways of the other system, the contemporary system that the government is pushing. 
go to college, go to university, and learn about that system. And once you've mastered some of the learning that is done at the uh, educational institutions, I would like you to come to the land and learn from your people. This was in 67. That's when I was introduced to land-based learning. So you learned um, the, the contemporary system. You went to the land to learn the ancestral system. Um, how did you first see the importance of bringing the ancestral system into um, into our communities uh, as a way to teach our youth? What happened was uh, I did go to college in Alberta, and I went to universities here in uh, in Manitoba. And I got my letters, I got my degrees. I learned from those education institutions. I learned how to study. I learned skills to be an expert. But I learned the contemporary way. I had to go to school for so many months. which I did, and I was successful in the area of uh, learning of today, learning what the world has to offer in terms of acquiring these tools to become an educator. Now, the old people said, we have a system too, an educational system that has been developed for over thousands and thousands and thousands of years. What happened to it? You are learning every day. That's what the Creator Manto said. You learn from the land every day. So where did this 10 month, three month thing Come to. That's what they were saying. You're losing all the values that we're supposed to be teaching you. The government took you away. But it was a good thing you went to school. It was a good thing to learn from the contemporary system. But we do have an ancestral system system that was developed and uh, everything so over the years I've been working with elders and I find out everything they say is professional professional development you might call it and everything they do on the land is all academic there isn't that much difference between the skill development on the land and also in the educational institutions. The land is the classroom of my people. And I went to 
educational institutions and they had four walls. So now the elders told me, can we be part of the decision making for developing and implementing teaching? So what can um, a student learn from an ancestral approach to education that they can't learn from a westernized approach to education? And what are the values um, that the Western education system is missing, that the ancestral education system can bring to our youth? To our youth, in order for success to prevail, the way I understood the elders, to them, curriculum is life. And the content is what you do with that life every day, day in and day out. And what's happened is the uh, contemporary system has took away, the governments took away the value system that our people were intended to learn. The value system was ostracized with the curriculum that was brought from overseas. The value system lost effect. Although the value system is still in place, people not practicing it. In order for a, a student to be successful, they want a child to be taught. They want certified people as they grow up in the early years. You need certified experts. Just because somebody looks Indian, somebody might be speaking the language, they hire that person. But a teacher is a person who is the eye, is the arm. And the teacher looks after all the skill development of their child. In order to be successful, a child has to learn their own identity their own language, their own culture. And you cannot leave behind the contemporary system because the contemporary system has good merits. And so does the ancestral system. It has good merits and bad merits. merits. So what do you have to do now in order for our life to be successful, to move forward, is that the provincial curriculum has to open and focus on learning not only one system, but both the ancestral system, which has its academic development, 
professional development and also the contemporary system which has as it written with all the merits of being successful in high school, college or universities and other educational institutions. You talked about language. Um, what is the importance of teaching not only the language but in the language uh, in schools, in our communities, uh, for our youth and what part does that play in this an ancestral education system? The way the um, elders have talked about language, the English language is a beautiful language. It all has, has all parts of speech, but it is made for other people. The ancestral language which was given to us through the uh, policies of the land, through the Creator. Our language also has the same parts of speech, all the academics of communicating in our language. What the elders are saying now is you should develop programs so that the First Nation language, the one that you're given to, is your mother tongue. And we don't want dead languages. We don't want that. The thing now is when you're able to communicate in your language, which was given to you through the Creator. You're able to understand life, talk about life, and also to learn about the other languages. When I went to school, I was taught French, German, and English. But I never was taught my language. I lost my language. But going out to the land and working elders, I regained my language. And it's developed me, it has given me, it has, the language itself has given meaning to my life, to my personal life. I have a good life because I'm able to communicate in my language. And all at the same time, I can communicate in English, the dominant language. So, so for you, uh, ancestral language has been a really strong connection for you to culture. When uh, there are, when you look at legends, which been here for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. The legends were taught through oral history. And within those legends is encompassed your language, your way of life, your culture, your way of talking to the Creator. 
the language you have, the words you have that are taught, that there is a high language and there is a low language. At this very moment, I'm studying the high language that the elders speak. Sometimes I don't understand what the elders are talking about. But uh, it's just like studying English. When I took zoology, I was introduced to vocabulary I wasn't used to. They were foreign to me, but I had to learn these things. And that's the same thing with uh, my ancestral language, which is called Pashkunak Simon. The language itself is made of four tribes who pass through there, through Island Lake, from the north, from the east, south, and the west. That's how my language developed, Pashkunaksiyun language. And uh, the language itself gives me a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. It's very academic. You mentioned uh, storytelling. Um, and as, as you know, um, oral the oral tradition of storytelling and the new ways through which a lot of our youth and our indigenous peoples are um, storytelling, uh, art, literature, um, what part does that play in an ancestral education system? What I found out over the 30 years that the elders have taught me I can sit down and tell one legend six hours straight without stopping. And those are the seven trials of life. And within that, within that legend, as I said before, the language is, is there, the skill of learning is there. When you talk about special needs and other ways of of explaining something today in the universities, it's there. If you're gonna do your thesis, masters or PhD, it's waiting for you. The people are still alive. The content is still there. And everything as I said, everything's professional and academic. But nobody wants to try it. Why? Because the thing is new. When something is new, you as a human being will say, oh my God, that's a lot of commitment. That's a lot of work. But if you're able to to be a part of developing the real curriculum, developing a meaningful life, you have to open your eyes and learn and study what uh, the ancestral has to offer. It's waiting, it's waiting and waiting. Mm. 
So uh, Don Robertson, who you know, um, wrote a paper in the, I think, the late 80s um, talking about his experience in school and how difficult it was for him learning in a different language and then connecting that to how, um, you know, uh, French immersion, uh, German immersion is present, was present then in teaching um, French students, German students. And his question was, why aren't we doing that uh, when we're talking about Cree students, Ojibwe students? Um, why aren't we teaching our own youth in our own language? And, and, and he, I think that was before its time, like it was ahead of its time uh, back then. And you too were teaching land-based education um, decades ago and were ahead of your time in that way. Where do you see the education system now on that path and how far do we have to go to reach those ideas that you and your contemporaries were talking about decades ago, now and into the future? When the governments arrived from overseas, the monarchy government said to their people, go find me some food, something that's worth money. If you see people on the way, if there's a world out there, there's people, if you see people, get rid of the people. Get to the resources. But little did they know at that time that the systems of our society were developed already. You're talking about survival. Now, what happened was the governments outlawed our lives, outlawed our learning, outlawed our way of talking to the Creator, because they didn't understand us. They didn't understand. They, they thought we were heathen savages, bloodthirsty savages. But there's reasons why. Why we did things the way we did it. It was for safety. That's why we were like that. And then, uh, when you uh, look at the ancestral system, it was developed. Just like any system, it's been developed over thousands of years. Then you introduce another system, which is about 600 years. That's when people landed in, in these islands, North and South America. Supposedly it's called on Turtle Islands. The dominancy overruled the developed systems. But the thing here is the systems were developed. The approaches, the methods of implementation, it wasn't done already. 
it was done already. But the thing is to me is, people are not stupid. People are not ignorant. It's that people don't understand why a person is different, why the color is different, why the language is different. It's all the same. They're all human beings. But the dominance is, it's in our area, which I don't know about, <laughs> which I we need help on. Mm. We need a lot of help. We need a lot of contemporary help. And at the same time, we have a lot to offer. We have so much to offer. Do you think um, the government education system now understands us better than they did then? The way, uh, you know, they're still trying to infringe on our ancestral systems. They're pushing their way with, through their policies and developing legislations, laws that we should have and that we have already. They don't give people a chance to be part of the development and decision making. You have to give that chance to people to develop professionally. You're not a professional until you know the people you're working with. You might be a scholar, call yourself a professional. You learn that through the educational institutions. But have you learned from the land experience. That's the way of my people. The land taught them how to be people. Now the elders are saying, there's no such thing as no. There is a way around no. And he come out positively. He come out positive. No negativism. If you have to change, you have to give in in order to be successful in today's world. What's done in the past was done already. It was done already. You can't change it. You can, you can shout all you want about the past, about the discrimination and everything. So what? We have to move forward. And the others are saying, we have to develop a partnership with the ancestral systems that you have with the contemporary systems. Do you think um, part of the answer is to um, give the education to the communities and say, here are the two systems you need to figure out then how to run those systems to better teach your youth 
with your values? What has happened is for 600 years, the education system that we have nowadays was imposed on my people. That education is still imposed. Governments telling us to do education laws when the laws are there already. They don't give people a chance to to develop that meaningful life, developing that curriculum, and being part of the total well-being of a human being to have a meaningful life. And to them, life is curriculum. That's what the elders have taught me. Um, what part, now we talked a lot about the education system itself, what part do teacher training programs have in this to better prepare educators uh, going into communities, whether they're Indigenous or non-Indigenous, to be connected to that ancestral system, to understand the culture, to better connect with our youth and better educate our youth? I've uh, been teaching since 1974. And I've had a chance to experience about learned people. People have different views of educating people. Some people will say, I cannot move these people. My job is to educate the way I was taught. I'm not a contributor for the committee. That's because you only taught one way. To give you an example, inter this University College of the North, which was started. My wife had aspiring teachers learning how to be a teacher. And these people were from Manalink. And my wife would come home and say, these young people, they don't even know their language. They don't even know how to write their language. They don't even know their culture. All that is taught to them is the academics they require through the university. So what I said was to this program, professional program, is what's going on? They're, on, they're only teaching the way the government wants them to, to learn, to teach the First Nation people, let's say. But there are no real courses available. They'll try them. They'll parachute culture to people. But when you learn, really learn through heart, you want, I want my children 
and my grandchildren and their children and so on for generations yet not born yet to speak their language to know their culture and to be successful with whatever education endeavors they may have that way you accept what you're being taught but you have to give that chance to learn about yourself too and you have to offer programs in order to meet that success so do you think just as much as in the education system we want to be incorporating ancestral learning in teacher training programs is one of the things we need to be doing is you know bringing teachers out onto the land and showing them how to educate in that way if they're going into communities and teaching in the communities yeah the thing there is uh, you don't push concepts to a person you don't you don't push concepts to a person you make it available to people is their prerogative too it's their they decide that's what's good about being human is you can make choices mm. you know but the thing is the way i see uh, as an educator is that you have to open your eyes and experience when you look back to the student and said I tried my best I trained that person with every tool that person needs to be successful in life where that is going to university on the land just like the way I am I'm very happy that I got skills from an educational institution and I'm very happy I learned my elders classroom their way of learning now I can walk into a, an urban setting and find a job mm -hmm. very easily and then I can go to the land and just chop down a few trees and make my home make my house and I'll be able to live, continue living. Why? Because I was exposed to have a meaningful life. Nowadays, I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. But to live on, live forward. I don't look at the past. Past helps me in some ways, but still. They have to move forward and develop. I hope that students and schools, yeah, Mr. Statement throughout Canada, they're, the way I see it is that those Mr. Statements are just there for show. People don't take it on their heart that the education system, it can give you much more meaning to life and there are programs that need to be developed so much of that is about balance it sounds like 
And one of the things that the very Reverend Stan McKay had said recently was um, looking at the structure of education and to provide those opportunities uh, to find that balance is to look at um, spending some time in the spring and the fall in the school year uh, to bring the classroom out onto the land and then over the winter months maybe um, be in the classroom. What do you think about that and what do you think about the structure and how it might need to change right now uh, in the communities to teach our youth more effectively? First of all, when I went to school, I was taught the four seasons. Now, when I went to the land, the elders teach me six seasons because the animals, the birds, the fish, the crustaceans, all the terrestrial kingdoms, they live differently six times a year. There is a lot of work that needs to be done, a lot of commitment, a lot of decision-making that needs to be done in order to to have this education system be meaningful. And it's not going to happen overnight, they say, the elders say. It's going to take years. You have to keep building that foundation. Somebody else will come in and continue to build on. When you look at life, When you look at a First Nation person, you have to accept who you are, what you are, and you have to accept the other person of who he is and, or what he is. You have to accept that in order to make life meaningful, critical meaningful. You have to learn. When they talk about balance, that is the balance that I'm talking about, is all these attributes you have in both the ancestral education system and the contemporary clinical system. Those attributes, they're the same. They're not different. It's only we're taught they are different. Certainly you have to develop that meaningful curriculum to appease life. Mm. Those are values to instill and in, in something that we need to be working towards. Um, one last question, Victor. Have you had uh, decision makers at the table here, um, what are the what would you tell them is the best place to start in working towards um, that vision that you have that I think is so important? What I would tell people, this is what I was taught. I was taught both, both ways. You have to have that chance in your life to learn from both ways. Don't choose. Don't choose either way. But make it one. One way. Use the ancestral way. 
used to contemporary, put it together somehow. You might not be able to do it, but people are always there to help you. And you have to expose yourself, and you have to accept what this person might have in order to make your endeavor successful. Endeavor is for a meaningful life. That's the way I see it. Just providing opportunities to achieve that balance and, and find ultimately find success. Exactly. Right. Victor, thank you so much for, uh, for visiting with me today. Anytime. So that was um, a great interview that we uh, had with uh, Victor Harper. Um, and w- one of the things I think that we can take from that is that concept of um, harmonization and balance and um, recognizing that there are um, really important things uh, in kind of the more contemporary education system that we need uh, for, for sure. Um, but recognizing that there are equally important um, cultural teachings, um, values that we need in the integration of an ancestral education um, system uh, within the contemporary education system. So um, we need both. And so the question now going from here is how do we do that? How do we uh, continue in um, teaching this contemporary um, way of learning um, while incorporating really important, uh, what Victor would say, are ancestral ways of learning? Right, because there's uh, they teach different things, but both together help us to walk in um, the society now where we're asking our youth to really walk within two worlds, right? Um, and so that's important. I hope you can take that. And one of the things I think you can do as you take that forward is to um, talk to the people who, who know about these things and learn about ways that we can incorporate those methods. Uh, and obviously, one of the great resources we have are our elders. Uh, as Victor often says, he's just speaking for his elders, right? And and so I look at, at Victor as one of my elders, and um, that's that's that generational um, generational way of learning, right? We learn from those who know, and those who have been there and who and who've walked that path. So take that forward. Um, now, for the conference, the First Nations Circle of Knowledge and Practices and Conference, which, by the way, uh, Victor will be a part of. Um, offering two workshops that are called Ancestral and Contemporary Foundations for Survival with Change. His workshops are always really popular. Um, To register, you can go to the Manitoba First Nations Education Resource Center's website, um, find the conference page there, and uh, you can register online, or you can print off a form, you can fax it into us. Uh, And that conference is taking place October 8th and 9th in Winnipeg at the Victoria Inn. Um, So we'll hope to see you there. Um, check out Victor's workshop and many others that are, we'll be putting on that are going to be really useful as we move forward in, in looking at reconciliation in First Nations education. Um, next podcast, we will be welcoming in uh, Maria Morrison, who is a uh, First Nations publisher and uh, an upcoming literary agent. So it'll be great to hear uh, what she has to say, uh, and we'll be welcoming back Kim Kekigemek, your regular host um, for that episode. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.